In this episode, we have the incomparable Larry Long Jr. Larry is currently the chief energy officer at LLJR Enterprises, where he is coaching and speaking to organizations ranging from high-growth tech companies to educational institutions. From this episode, you will not only feel Larry's infectious energy and appreciation for life, but you'll also walk away with actionable nuggets of wisdom on how to face disappointments and yet learn to get back on your feet. Larry's mission is to help everyone discover the gifts that they're born with. You'll understand from his own unique journey how he was able to find his own purpose and discover his gift. Enjoy this episode. So take us from the very beginning, Larry. Um, where did you grow up? Talk to us a little bit about your childhood. I mean, there are some parts that I already know about your story, but for the listeners who are hearing about you for the first time, I'm sure they would appreciate uh, your story from the very beginning. Oh, man, you gave me the mic. Thank you, Eric, first for hosting me on Work Unfiltered. Uh, my background, I was born in Maryland. And uh, my father worked for Department of Veterans Affairs. So I, I grew up in VA medical centers, VA hospitals, and uh, our travels for his job took us to Grand Island, Nebraska. My mom hated it. She said she couldn't find anything but country music on, on, on the uh, radio uh, dial. And then we went to uh, Danville, Illinois. And then we went to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and then Coatesville, Pennsylvania, which is funny because coming from Alabama, they said, little Larry, how old are you? are you? I said, I'm faux. They said, faux what? I said, I'm four years old. They said, uh-uh, you can't talk like that. So they took me down in the dungeon. I had to enunciate my words on the flashcard, dog, cat, uh, so that I didn't talk country. And it's crazy. I went to elementary school, Rip Hamilton, who played our basketball. He got the national championship at UConn. I uh, got the world championship with the Detroit Pistons. That's the claim to fame out of Coatesville. Coatesville moved to Columbia, Maryland. My dad got promotion to our central office in Washington, D.C. and uh, Columbia Middle School high school. And then uh, I, I took my talents to University of Maryland. I know you're a Bruin, but I took my talents to play baseball for the Terps. And I'm a legacy. My father ran track for the Terps. My sister, who's 10 years younger, she ran track for the Terps. I'm the black sheep of the family, literally and figuratively playing baseball. They're like baseball, baseball. I'm like, yeah, you run in baseball after you hit the ball. They said, all right, we'll let it slide for now, little Larry. But I've been down in Rollywood, North Kakalaki. I worked for Accenture coming out of college, thought I was going to get drafted. But the Dodgers and the Red Sox said, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. They, they chucked up the deuces off. <laughs> hey, worst decision in both of their franchises uh, existence. <laughs> I worked at Accenture, but I wasn't passionate. So I moved down here to open up an indoor baseball softball academy in good old Rollywood, North Kakalaki. Met my wife, who's from Argentina. And then uh, that's all she wrote. Baseball academy failed. I've been in tech sales since 2006. Woo! And just recently launched out on my own. You're, you're taking me back down memory lane, Eric. That's, that's the whole goal, man. That's the whole goal. So... Talk to us a little bit about your your family, right? I mean, athletes, accomplished uh, folks in the corporate world as well. So when you grew up with that kind of environment, right, where, you know, athletics breeds a sense of discipline, uh, it, it breeds a sense of, hey, here's a milestone that you can you can reach after and then progress from from there. Talk to us a little bit about the dynamic of what that upbringing 
uh, did for you, did for your understanding of the world as a child all the way to uh, where you are now? Yeah, a lot of discipline. You, you called it. My father grew up in Baltimore City. Not sure if you've ever seen the show The Wire. That's his neighborhood. Only one from his family to graduate high school. Um, the, the crew he ran with in the hood uh, either ended up a lot of them in jail or dead, a lot of substance abuse, alcohol abuse. So mm. he was a big believer in discipline and accomplishing anything you put your mind to with hard work. I mean, my father was a long jumper and triple jumper. His nickname was Shorty Long because he was five foot eight and that's rounding up. I mean, I'm giving me, giving me motivation right there. <laughs> So yeah, I, I was really fortunate, really blessed to have a father that, that had that internal grit, that internal drive to get stuff done, GSD. And then my mom, my mom is absolutely brilliant, doesn't have a college degree, one of the smartest people I've ever met. So being in that environment was just amazing. And then my sister, I asked my parents to give me a twin brother. But uh, instead, they gave me this little snotty-nosed sister. <laughs> and I said, oh, I, I was the only child for 10 years. And then everyone wanted to see cute little Tiffany, Tiffany Nicole. I'm like, what about me? So I had to learn how to do magic tricks. You can see the deck of cards back there. Black Magic is my middle name. I had to learn how to tell jokes, how to tap dance. Shoot, I, uh, I, I even... Thought I was going to be a drummer. I said, shoot, I got to get the attention back on me. I'm not going to let this little girl steal my shine. So, yeah, it was it was an adventure and oftentimes a misadventure in the long household. But we had fun all along the way. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. And so you graduate from college and you are uh, not rejected by the baseball teams, but, you know, they, they have a way of saying maybe later. Right. And so. <laughs> What is your thought process then, right? Accenture couldn't be furthest thing from professional baseball or professional sports. And so how did you get into that world? Um, talk to us a little bit about that, uh, that journey. Yeah, so my parents, education was number one. If I didn't get the grades, I wasn't playing the game. So when I got to college, I was that guy that took my books on the road. I didn't really crack them open too much, but I believe in osmosis. If I sleep on this book, <laughs> it'll somehow get into my brain. <laughs> and actually the best investment I, I, I ever received from my parents was a Franklin Covey planner. Mm. And it's crazy because I still, I have version two. I still have it downstairs. I haven't bought the inserts, <laughs> but uh, they said, you've got to be organized. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to control your schedule. So I was very disciplined and realized that sports isn't guaranteed. A career playing a sport isn't guaranteed, but education is forever. So essentially, I was involved on campus. I knew that, hey, if plan A didn't work out, I was going to be okay. I was going to brush off my shoulders. So Accenture they, they, they uh, appreciated what I brought to the table. And I said, I'm going to take my talents to Accenture after I didn't get drafted. June draft came. I was sitting by the phone waiting on that call and crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> I said, oh, I guess, I guess I'm not good enough. And I went to some tryout camps and they told me the same thing. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. So I went and worked at Accenture, but I was in Morgantown, West Virginia. My client was Verizon. And I was still working out. I was still getting my swings in. And I still had that itch, that internal bug. So I told Accenture, I said, hey, I love working here. 
kind of sorta, but I, I, I still have these dreams of being a professional baseball player. I'm going to have to, to roll out, take a little sabbatical. They said, Hey, do you boo boo? We hope we don't see you again. I said, me too. <laughs> I went down, I was working with an agent. He got me into minor league spring training with the Dodgers and they were like, yeah, you got to go. You don't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I, I dried my eyes. I went across to, to the uh, Red Sox, and they said, you got to go, too. I said, oh, I'm 0 for 2. So I took my talents to South Beach, a la LeBron James before LeBron James. And uh, I met up with some friends in spring break. I uh, drowned out all my sorrows, went back to Accenture. They said, back so soon? We thought we were going to see you on TV. And you know it's a good story when you start off, you see what happened was. <laughs> but I learned the lesson that, hey, I gave it my all, and my all wasn't good enough. I can live with that. No regrets. And I, mm. I just talked about that in my midweek, <clears throat> midday motivational minute uh, this past episode. No regrets. Go for it. Because mm. so many times people have things that they want to go and they want to do. But for one reason or another, mostly it's the FUD, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt in their mind, they don't do it. And then they look back, uh, 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 they look back later in life and they're like, wow, I wish I had. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, but didn't. Mm -hmm. And I said, I do not want that to happen for me. So I gave it, gave it my all. Hey, it is what it is. We keep that thing moving on to the next chapter in my career and in my life. So, so talk to us a little bit about that, right? So you have this uh, experience with the baseball teams and the tryouts and some of the rejections. I'm going to tie this back into some of the tech sales uh, journey that you went on because that's all we do, right? We hear no's every single day um, for better or for worse. And that make us who we are. But with the attitude of, hey, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret, regret it down the road. Talk to me about the baseball academy and how you felt like it was your um, calling to do that. It was my responsibility. So working at Accenture, it, it was a, a great uh, place to work, excellent people, great company, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't what I was put on this earth to do, to help billion dollar companies make even more billions by shipping jobs over to India. That just, mm. that doesn't even get me excited just saying it. I was miserable. I remember I was driving from Columbia, Maryland to Reston, Virginia, 44 miles, but who's counting an hour and a half. And I know I'm talking to you. You're like an hour and a half commute one way. Nah, I pity the fool. That's nothing. But to me, it was a lot. And uh, I pretty much for me, I prayed on it. And uh, it, just the opportunity opened up to invest in a baseball academy. And I said, eh, I don't want to just invest. I want to be a partner. So I put in the money and I said, hey, if I can't play the game, professionally can i help others to play the game to their maximum ability and capacity but more importantly help them with the we called it the fundamentals capital f-u-n because you've got to have fun mm -hmm. and in all team sports but especially baseball you learn so much about life you learn about goal setting mm -hmm. you learn about discipline and execution you learn about thinking ahead you learn about the, the importance of hard work, the importance of competing. You learn about teamwork really does make the dream work and the lessons go on. So, I mean, to be in a position where Coach Larry is telling me that if I don't take care of cleaning my room, he can't count on me to lay down the suicide squeeze in the bottom of the seventh inning. 
I'm going to do it. I'm telling them the same thing that their parents, their teachers are telling them, but it's from a different perspective. Oh, Mm. mom and dad, they're just being mean. Coach Larry, he's cool. I'm going to listen to him. So being able to really have that impact on youngsters Mm. at that age where they're so impressionable. They're, they're, they're at that age where it really sets them up for success in life. And I can tell you, Eric, one of the most rewarding things is having my old students connect with me on LinkedIn and say, hey, Coach Larry, head down, eye on the ball, hard line drives. I still because that was my tagline, head down, eye on the ball, hard line drives. You stay focused on that. You're going to be good. You hit a hard line drive every time. Doesn't guarantee a hit. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you're going to be you trust the process, you're going to get a lot more hits. It's the same thing in sales. If you do the very basics, the ABCs, mm-hmm. if you take action, you hold yourself accountable, you believe in yourself and then you actually care. And I'm throwing a bonus. The D is dream. Life is dynamite in the words of J.J. Walker. So just being able to have that impact and to share mm-hmm. the blessings that I uh, was fortunate to receive with others. That that's for me. That's my goal. That's my responsibility during this time on Earth. I guess they call that the dash. I I was born in 1978. I'm living my dash. Mm-hmm. I don't know what year the end is going to be, but I know that that dash. I'm making the most of it. Carpe diem. Love it. Love it. So you talked to you talked about something there that was interesting, which is the fundamentals, right? The fundamentals that carry you from uh, playing baseball, progressing in baseball, but also in other parts of life, right? We do a job where day in and day out, there's so much of it that is not controlled by us. Uh, what the buyer might think, what the buyer might do, what the buyer might um, have concerns about. You mentioned something that was very interesting to me, which is you trust the process day in and day out, the ABCs and the outcome will take care of itself. Talk to us a little bit about what that means and elaborate a little bit about um, how that could be applied to what we do on a daily basis, which is sales. Yeah, big time. So, I mean, I'll keep it real with you, Eric. We live in a microwave society. Folks, they want results right now. No, it takes work. Any Anything that, that's a value, it takes time. I mean, look at the process to make a diamond. It takes time. It's the same thing. So you've got to have a process and you've got to execute on the process. You've got to measure the process and be flexible to iterate. But essentially, you've got to trust that process. So in sales, prospecting, we all know that we're supposed to prospect, but knowing ain't doing. I know I'm not supposed to eat fried food. But you ask me what time it is, it's bow time. We got a spot here, Bojangles, chicken and biscuits. Oh, I had to buy stock in Bojangles. I was eating it so much. So we know we're supposed to prospect. But my question is, when was the last time you picked up this 500-pound phone and you made a significant number of calls? None of this, ah, I reached out and called seven people. And I got seven voicemails. Survey says, that's not going to work. Come on now. I mean, you can put me in a home run derby against Mike Trout. Shohei Otani, you give them 10 swings, they're going to hit 10 home runs. You give me 100 swings, I'm going to hit at least 11. I can, a broke clock is right two times a day. Shoot, I can close my eyes and, and fall into it. So are you putting yourself in the best position by controlling what you can control? There, there's an acronym called EAT, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to work on my beach body for next year. So we'll call it T, sweet T. I talked to my kids about it, driving them to carpool this morning. The T is how you treat others. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what's going on with your colleagues, with your family, your friends. You can control how you treat other people. 
The E is your emotions, being able to regulate your emotions, how you feel. And then the A is your actions and your attitude. Those are all under your control. So in sales, it's so important. And the best reps that I've seen, there's some that are haywire, but the best reps that I've seen are very centered. They're very just uh, measured. Uh, they bring some energy. You got to have some energy, not energy like me. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. It's a blessing and a curse. But essentially, people can they can smell whether you're, you, you believe in what you're talking about, mm. what you're talking about, Willis, or whether you're talking some BS. And that BS stinks. So you got to bring some sort of juice to the table and yeah. then you've got to stick with the process. For me, it was taking a hundred cuts on my solo header. I came home from school, got to do my homework, 30 minutes of practice on my clarinet. Uh, my <laughs> parents couldn't afford a saxophone. So I had a clarinet and then I had to take a hundred swings on my solo header. My mm. friends are at the, they're, they're at the uh, ice skating rink. They're at the mall, shucking it up, having a blast. I was disciplined. Mm. I wanted to start on varsity as a freshman. So I had to do what I had to do. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to make some decisions that aren't the most popular. You can't do what everyone else is doing unless you want to get the same results that everyone else is getting. So essentially, I'm an outlier. I'm putting in 100 swings every night. You better believe I started on varsity as a freshman in high school and in college in the ACC. And I'm a little dude. I'm five foot nine and three quarters. I, mean, I like to round up kind of like Russell Wilson. Let's call him six foot. Close enough. But come on, Cletus. That, sound, that sounds better. You know, that sounds better on stat. So, so let's, let's say that, you know, after your baseball academy and you decide to jump into tech sales, what I hear a lot from folks that I'm, I'm sure closely associated with you and folks that are coming up the ranks, whether that be in other careers or in college, they want to know how to break into tech sales. They want to know how to get this job, right? There are many different avenues, but there weren't that many back then, right? And so how do you decide this is the right path for you? And, and what, what process do you take in or, order to break into a tech sales career? Yeah, Eric, at the time, and I'm dating myself, this was 2006. I didn't choose the game. The game chose me. I wouldn't say I jumped into it. I kind of stumbled, fumbled, bumbled my way into this uh, opportunity to make 150 cold calls a day to CPAs and accountants. I said, hey, if I can take 150 swings and, and strike out 147 times and still be okay, I can do this. Ooh-wee. Uh, when reality came a knock and I said, oh, maybe I need to go back to baseball. <laughs> But I learned. And once again, what I learned there, the biggest lesson I learned there is that you've got to be authentically you. The company, they had their scripts. And I was, I can read a script. Hello, this is Larry Long Jr. with Acme Company. I was calling to talk about your relationship. Click. <laughs> oh, I was getting clicked on left and right. I was shedding tears. I said, oh, Lord, what did I get myself into? One of my managers, I had one manager who said, hey, Larry, come in my office. I thought I was about to get a promotion. I said, oh, we're going to Sizzler. He said, uh-uh. He said, our expectation is 150 calls. You made 148 yesterday. If you do that again, I'm going to tell you, just like the Dodgers and the Red Sox told you, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I said, whoa, I said, savage. <laughs> Another manager, James Hatfield, Hattie, I'll never forget him. He said, Larry, come here. I like you, dog. 
He said, you got to, you got to flip the script, throw the script away and just talk to these folks. Like you're talking to your homeboys. I said, James, you must not know about me. You don't want me talking to anyone. Like I talked to my homeboys. He said, you're right. You're right. He said, let's find a happy medium. You're not a robot. Hello, there's Sir Larry. No one talks like that. He said, now you don't want to talk all crazy like you normally do, but somewhere in the middle. And when I started talking to these accountants about my story of being a failed business owner, because I didn't understand the numbers that were coming out of the mouth of my CPA, and that contributed to me failing in business, click, click, click. I started knocking that thing out of the park, Eric. And then I started having fun with it, being able to help accountants to help their business owners not end up like me. Come on, Cletus. It doesn't get much better than that. Mm -hmm. And then the financial aspects of it. Money isn't everything, but it certainly helps if you know what I mean. I, I like the golf. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you know this. I'm Tiger Woods. Hey. I'm his long lost cousin. <laughs> they call me Larry hit it in the woods, but I'm boom. Yeah, I got jokes for you. I love it. <laughs> Man, so you go through, you know, the, the tech sales through the ringer, right? You start from the very bottom. You get to be a tech sales leader in your community. At what point do you realize that you love talking to large groups of people, wh whether that be schools, organizations, corporate organiza organizations, um, teams, sporting, you know, teams out there? What point do you decide this is what I was cut out to do and this is what I'm going to do moving forward? Yeah, well, I knew I liked to take the main stage ever since I was in elementary school. I was always the class clown, the out of work comedian, the one who was cracking jokes on everybody. I used to get in trouble and I, I just spoke at my son's uh, middle school not too long ago and I shared with him, hey, kids, I used to get in trouble for talking. They, they used to send me to detention. Now I get paychecks for talking. It was really being able to leverage uh, my strength, leverage my gift, leverage what I enjoy and put it in the right path. So mm. I've been speaking when I had my baseball academy, I would talk to little leagues. When I first started working as a sales manager of SDRs, BDRs, making $150, folks were like, hey, can you come in and talk to my team about how you keep your team motivated, how you keep your team inspired? Mm. And uh, I would do that pro bono for years. <laughs> I mean, I, for years. I remember 2018, I met a speaker coach, a coach who works with speakers mm. to be professional speakers. I had nine speaking engagements. I didn't make a dime. He said, Larry, respectfully, whenever someone says that, you know, a doozy is coming. It's he about said, to drop. <laughs> are you stupid or are you dumb? He was like, when I do corporate speaking engagements, they write me a check and there's a few zeros at the end. I said, hey, Dr. Schneider, it's all good, baby, baby. I don't do this to make money. I got a full time job. He said, I guess so. When you want to turn your little hobby, he, he pooped all over me. When you want to turn your little hobby into a business, come and holler at me. So that was in 2018, 2019. I was still doing freebies. December 2019, my wife said, hey, Larry, I love you, baby. But you got to look in the mirror. You tell everyone else to pursue their dream, to go after their passion. But look in the mirror. You're faking the funk. I got on the phone in January of 2020. Dr. Snyder, let's go to work. I don't want to have a hobby anymore. I want to turn it into a business. So we went to work. I got my first paid engagement March the 17th of 2020. That was right after Friday the 13th when everything shut down due to this COVID. I was supposed to be in person. They said, hey, we still want you, 
but we want to do it virtual. So we were there on Zoom. I tore that thing up. They said, send us your invoice. I said, uh-oh, Larry Long Jr. ain't got no invoice. I went to Google. I found a generic invoice. They were like, okay, okay. We need your W-9. I said, what you talking about, Willis? WTF? I don't have no W-9. I went to the IRS website. I found the W-9. I sent it. They said the check will be electronically deposited into your account. I said, for real? They were like, yep. I said, can I keep sending y'all some W-9s and you keep sending me checks? They were like, actually, we want you to come back. So it was just amazing. 2020 mm. was amazing. 2021, March 26th. I said, bye-bye corporate America. More like corporate America said, bye-bye Larry Long <laughs> Jr. They sent me on my way and I've been flying as a professional speaker, as a coach, uh, as a mastermind leader, you name it. I've just been so fortunate. And Eric, don't tell nobody else. I'm working on a book. I, I got it cooking. I got it cooking. I love it. I love it. I got a little preview of that. So one last question to wrap us up is um, you give advice to a lot of folks. You give a lot of uh, sage wisdom to people who are in early in their careers, probably maybe even athletes who are stuck on where to go after playing sports for so long. But what advice would you give your younger self uh, looking back all these years, having gone through what you had gone through, seeing life a little bit more um, through a different lens, perhaps? So I'm sure you had your moments of despair and your moments of um, feeling stuck. What would you say to your 20, 30 year old uh, Larry Long Jr. Um, knowing what you know now? Uh, Larry, drop the ego, man. You mm. don't have to be a superhero. I need a hero. Nah, no, you don't. Ask for help. And, and it's something that I'm still challenged with, even though I know better. And when you know better, you're supposed to do better. It's uh, one of those things where you put that armor on and it's ego. It's just ego. Mm. And sometimes it's fear. But hey, drop the fear. Don't be afraid to ask someone for help. People want to help you if they know. And I just got off a call before we hopped on where I asked a gentleman for help. I said, hey, mm. if you're able to, could you help me out? Oh, I got I got you, Larry. It's, it's one of those things. And in my younger years, I was really hard-headed. I'm going to do this all by myself. I don't want to show any weakness. It's not weakness. It's actually strength to know, hey, there's an easier path. Hey, there's a better way that can help you accomplish those goals. Something I've learned recently, I knew this before growing up in team sports, the importance of coaching outside of team sports. You think about it, we're playing a sport in sales, in business, in this four-letter word we call life. I'm working with a coach. What's up, Kristen? Kristen Frady, who works with Novus Global. She's been an absolute game changer in my life, with my kids, with my wife, as well as in my business, and just with me, really starting, starting to kick out some of those self-limiting beliefs, mm. holding me accountable and, and saying, that's BS, Larry. That story that you're telling yourself, that's BS. Get that out of here. It doesn't make any sense. It makes sense to you, but I'm telling you, survey says, nah. so I would say drop the ego, number one. Number two, find yourself a coach. Find yourself a personal board of directors, a group of folks that are going to encourage you, but they're also going to kick you in your behind when you need it, hold you accountable, and help you along this journey, along this adventure. Don't make it a misadventure like sometimes I have in my career, make it an adventure and have fun with it. That's that's what I would tell 30-year-old mm. uh, Larry Long Jr. 
Love it. Love it. Well, Larry, thanks so much for your time. Um, I've been, you know, in a, in a privileged spot to hear you speak more than once. Uh, I've been lucky to call you my friend and mentor and I appreciate you uh, sharing your story with us today. If folks are interested in getting in touch with you, where do they look? Uh, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, best way is LinkedIn, Larry Long Jr. I got the smile for a mile. I got the face for radio. You'll see the gold mic. Yeah, don't get me singing. I'll make you cry. I also have a website. It's easy. Larry Long Jr. That's jr.com. Holla at your boy. You got it, Larry. Larry, thanks again so much. Happy Friday. Have a wonderful weekend with your family and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you, Eric. My, my pleasure and my privilege.